Well, Justin, thank you so much for uh, stopping by the spoiler room, getting to talk about your film. I've been an admirer of your work for a while. You've got your uh, newest film, Xanadu Hellfire, which one, I just love this title. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, could you, just before we get started, I always love getting it from the directors. Uh, I wouldn't mind giving my listeners just a little synopsis of what Xanadu Hellfire is about. Uh, Xanadu Hellfire, it's about a nine-year-old girl who figures out a way to bring her super comic book hero um, from the comics, from the post-apocalyptic future to the present, just so she can hang out with her. I think that sums it up. <laughs> that sums it up very well without trying to uh, to get too uh, spoilery. Uh, and yeah, now this this takes place as I've deemed it. You could either call it the Armeo uh, Cinematic Universe or Justin Cinematic Universe. Oh, because... I, I appreciate that. So when you said that in your review, someone, a couple of people contacted me and were laughing about that. The <laughs> Cinematic Universe. So, yeah, we do like to tie things together. Which you which you do, folks. If you're familiar with uh, his other work, uh, he came out with the uh, Bloodsucker Jones film and the follow up Bloodsucker Jones and the Creeping Death was it or versus the Creeping versus Death. the Creeping Death. Thank yeah. you. Uh, two films which I just I love the Bloodsucker Jones character and uh, he shows up in here and, and we'll talk about that. But first, where did Xanadu Hellfire, where did this idea come from? Did you have it after you did Bloodsucker or was it always kind of there? Yeah, so then, so what happened originally, so I, it started with the name. Mm -hmm. And in the first Bloodsucker Jones, there's a character in a distance who kicks someone in the balls in a montage. <laughs> yeah. And it was our makeup person, Olivia, and when I was making up names for all the characters, I'm like, that is the most obscure character. She's in the distance. You can't even see her. I need to give her the coolest name in the entire film. So I, 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 and I racked my brain for a, lo a while trying to think of what's the coolest name possible. And I love the movie Xanadu. And I named my daughter after uh, Livia Newton-John's character in Xanadu. My daughter's name is Kira. Oh, nice. And so I love the word Xanadu. It's just so cool. And it what it and what it means too. Mm -hmm. And then Hellfire, I just thought that's a that's a badass uh <laughs> that's a badass <laughs> word, like two words that go together. So I came up with the name, and then in part two, we were gonna have that character like in a flashback sure. of Bloodsucker Jones, like something, and, and but it didn't work out, and the movie was so long mm -hmm. anyway that we never even got around to it. Sure. We'd even cast somebody. And um, but then uh, right after that, after we finished Bloodsucker Jones 2, I started writing. I think I started writing the script and then I kind of put it in a drawer for a little bit. And then mm -hmm. I took it out. Then I was stuck at work for on the weekends for something. Sure. And I just took it to work and so I was babysitting some like carpenters or something. And I just <laughs> wrote it or it just finished it up. Sure. And then um, I sent it to my friend Erica. Mm. who runs Atomic Cotton um, t-shirts and they're friends of mine from the conventions because I wanted to, because this is all about girls. It's like yes. super mega yes. girl power. And it's a trick because I was a single dad and the central characters is a single dad and his mm -hmm. daughter. So I always wanted to make a movie about that. So it's kind of a tribute to me and my daughter. And then I wanted to have her read it. And then I sent it to Tristan Risk, who originally was going to be 
play mm, the mm-hmm. sister, but she sure. had she had a this was during COVID and right, yeah, she moved to Australia, so she wasn't able to get out here. Um, so they both read it, and I just wanted their opinion on it. it, it, it as long as t- two badass girls that I know didn't think I was full of <laughs> shit, then I thought I had a cool movie. It, and, it, yeah. It, Tristan still gets to be in here uh, in, a, in a picture. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we, put, we have a poster of her, and we have, she makes these cool little, like, uh, dragon, like, uh, yeah, stuffed yeah. animal characters mm-hmm. and things. They're really cool, really intricate. And we there's pictures of those all over her room, too, all over her bedroom. So yeah, she's there. She's there in spirit. We had to have her there. So yeah, I love those little dragon characters. I've been following Tristan Risk for a number of years for all the indie stuff that she does, and I've always admired her work. And just getting her see even to the posters, just yeah. seeing her in there, uh, I, I appreciated that nod quite a bit. Uh, and the fact that you, and I, I love that that you gave the script to someone else and said, "Hey, look this over. Make sure I don't have this." Like I'm doing this dialogue completely wrong because yeah, there's some movies out there that are uh, female centric, but you could tell they were written by a guy. <laughs> yeah, and I had like what ha- so what one of the things I wanted to do to do a, like a female centric movie is yeah. the um, this girl Jessica Dirks who played my girlfriend in both Bloodsucker Jones movies. Mm-hmm. After we screened the first one, we had dinner. All of us had dinner afterwards. And I said, oh, well, you guys want to do a sequel? And then I asked her, what do you what do you think? Do you have any ideas? And she goes, do you have anything, any opinion on that? And she just goes, just one thing. She goes, I want to be as cool as you guys. I want the cool dialogue. I want to say the ridiculous, awesome things. And I really took that to heart and like gave her better lines in the second one. And, um, and I thought, yeah, I'll do that from now on. Make, you know, just focus on making the female characters even cooler so that was one of the reasons and they are cool in this and what i what i liked about how you handled it is it didn't feel forced or whatever whatever the tagline is right now of people saying oh this is woke or whatever it didn't feel like that at all with this uh was that something that you kind of uh wanted to make sure that it's just its own thing you're this is its own story you're not trying to exactly like make a statement or something (laughs) yeah you know i'm not i'm not a big statement person i don't have a lot you know um um but you know it's got a small anti-bullying message oh yeah a little bit you know Mm -hmm. which is which is kind of cool but that just kind of came about naturally but i didn't go into it i i mean when i go into making movies it's just to make something fun sure and the most entertaining movie for me to watch by myself and then hopefully other people like it too (laughs) so i'm just making it for me because i there's no money in it yet so like i better sure i sure as hell better like it so (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're not the first filmmaker I've talked to who says, well, I make the movie for myself so I could watch it. And if anyone else likes it, hey, that's the that's the perk. Uh, it's it's a bonus. But, you know, <laughs> the fact that I, you know, my the stuff I like is stuff a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. So I knew it would translate to people and they would, you know. What, and what I enjoyed, you talk about fun. I really enjoyed uh, Macy's. Uh, spirit in this and her interaction with uh, Aria who plays Ruby the young girl I think it is uh, and uh, tell me a little bit about that did they spend a lot of time together I mean they kind of do each other I imagine so uh, they, they met on the first day did they shooting. really they did wow so Macy was the very first person we cast other than 
because I'm in it and a couple other people I know mm -hmm. are in it. They were cast already because I wrote the parts for them. But she was the first person I didn't know that we cast. And she was also the first person that submitted to the mm -hmm. casting and the first sure. person to send an audition tape out of hundreds of people. And she was incredible. And it was a no-brainer. She was amazing. And yeah, her performance is so good. She's perfect. She's just such a good actress. And um, Aria, she does tons of commercials, animation, <laughs> gymnastics. She's this little dynamo, a super go-getter. And um, yeah, they just hit it off. They just connected like instantly when we were on set. They just became friends, you know, and all the kids were having a they just had such a good time on set with everybody and it seemed like and that's what i i so loved with the spirit of this is that just everybody seems to be having fun as the kids say or they don't even say it anymore but they used to say they knew the assignment right they knew right. what you were making and everybody was having fun in this and and even your villains are having a lot of fun <laughs> Oh, they're having the best time. They're having the best time. They're having the best time. Tell me about ca casting your villains because you've got a great, you got the great Xanadu. How do you cast for, you know, the counter person for that? So Erica, who's the, who's my friend who read the script, she, when I, after I sent it to her, she asked, she goes, I want to be in this movie. <laughs> and so I actually wrote, and, and I kind of geared the Valeria character towards her and her personality and, I mean, she loves this stuff. She was born to play this. She loves Conan, you know, the, the, Hence the, the name, the, Hence the name the Valeria. Name. Yep. And um, so she was perfect. Yeah, and I said, sure. okay, you know, I said, we'll fly out here. And I just, I know her. She's so cool. I just had a feeling she could do it. And, you know, she was a little nervous on her first day. Sure. Just her first day, her first scene. And then something, and it just clicked after she did a few takes. And then she was just like, incredible like mm -hmm. uh so we cast her and i knew her and then we just through a casting agency we found um uh her sidekick sonia and <laughs> um and ariana who played yes. uh um raven so mm -hmm. once tristan was not able to do it sure um we started looking that was kind of the the final piece of the puzzle she was the mm -hmm. last person we cast um and she was incredible her mm -hmm. she did a she dressed as the character in her audition <laughs> and did her own makeup wow and the makeup basically the makeup she has in the movie and the hairstyle she has mm -hmm. she made up herself and and we liked it and she used that so everybody got to here's the thing everybody got to design a lot of people got to design their own clothes so macy mm -hmm picked i gave her i gave her like 200 things to pick from <laughs> yeah. she literally picked the exact three things three or four things <laughs> that i had in the back of my mind i hope she picks those things nice uh, i wanted her to be comfortable in it and then True. erica helped helped come up with the concept of the two mm -hmm. the goons as we call them they're um it's kind of based on double dragon they got like yeah. denim vests and you know and um, and then Ariana, we, we ordered a costume for her from like Italy mm. and this beautiful leather costume. And we found out like within like 10 days before it wasn't going to arrive on time. So oh, no. we panicked and we started <laughs> to find all this stuff. And I sent her these corsets mm. and all these things. And finally, it, her 
costume was just like a $13 Halloween witch costume like <laughs> with a hood on it, you know, with, but she added, and she had great style. She added like this, the black corset we bought and sure. like an armband and yeah, mm-hmm. they're all no, just so cool. Yeah. These, these girls are so cool. Well, yeah, the outfits were cool. I mean, the setting and everything, this world that they existed in, in the post-apocalyptic world before we even get to the modern world. I loved that setup. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of stuff going on here. Makeup effects. You got a lizard person. I mean, you've yeah. got you've got a lot of things going on here. Shooting in the desert, which I imagine could be couldn't have been easy. Tell me about how that all kind of came together. That the 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 apocalypse scenes. Yeah, well, we you know we we just get, we're going to write the apocalypse, and we got to mm-hmm. you know, we always write first and then figure out how to do it later. <laughs> sure, sure. It's like the reverse of the Robert Rodriguez. Oh, if you have a bus, write a bus into your thing. Right. Well, we do that if we have a bus, but we also tend <laughs> to just write the movie we see in our heads and then go, okay, oh shit, we got to make it now. What do we do? <laughs> so, sure. like we went through Gigster. There's a uh, a site called Gigster. Okay. And a site called Peer Space, and it's basically like uber or airbnb type things mm-hmm. for just locations and this oh. location we found used to be like a resort that some rich guy owned <laughs> and he just brought his friends out there to ride motorcycles it has a lake and like these cabanas and like a swing chair and it's got like a loft and it's got a <laughs> pier and all these cool things and it's got like a garbage pit of cool stuff and because they rent it out to all these from like influencers to major motion pictures sure. like Mm-hmm. Like we were kicked out off our set, the 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 Florence Pugh movie "Don't Worry, Darling," kicked us oh, no. off our set, yeah, to film <laughs> their scenes because, like, yeah, in that movie, yeah, wow. they're in the same exact desert as we are. So, <laughs> so which was, you know, and then, um, yeah, we spent like three, so we we're gonna spend four days. Spent three days there. We had, to, mm-hmm. yeah, we had to all sleep in hotels. Logistically, it was crazy. And it was in, luckily it was in January and it didn't rain. So it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And it had just enough amount of wind to make everything look cool. And then, but we brought, we brought a leaf blower with us to blow all the capes and stuff. I love and, it. but the coolest thing was they kicked us off that fourth day and we had to find a new location. So we mm-hmm. found an abandoned water park, which was even better. So we had to do a whole training sequence in an abandoned water park. It was way more money, but uh, it, it was so worth it. It was such a cool place. Visually, so. it it was it was very fitting too, and I, I yeah, I love the training montage you have. Yeah, it's super cool. All shot in one day. Really nice. Yeah. Uh, the mentor that you had for Xanadu, she really. I'm like watching her. I'm like, wow. I mean, there's she's like she could literally really kick someone's ass. Uh, where yeah, did you oh, find- she, yeah, she's she's been doing martial arts since she was six. Uh huh. She's from Russia. Her name's Amina Matukina, mm-hmm. but she's just got married. Her name's Amina Holmes, uh-huh. and she's incredible. Like we, she actually she sent in an audition for Xanadu, mm-hmm. but she but she's since she's from Russia, she has an an accent. The accent oh. didn't fit into the world mm-hmm. because Xanadu had to have a mother and sisters and stuff, so it, it wouldn't fit. But I remember her reel, and her reel blew me away. It blew me away, and then I thought. You know, I'll get, I need someone to teach him bow staff, how to do a bow staff. So I'm like, I remember her, her reel. And then I just message her and say, hey, can do you do training? Because I'd like to teach these girls. And she goes, absolutely. So she trained Xanadu. She trained for like four months. And then when we cast Ariana, she trained 
and then they trained together. They all trained at Robert Downey Jr.'s gym, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> Santa Monica. And they put together the fight. Like, I had lunch with them, and I just said, here's the fight. It kind of has to go like this, and I want you guys to figure it out and make it nice. your own. You know, it just this has to happen or this has to happen, but just, you know, make it your own. And they came up with the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it was all choreographed, and yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. And then, yeah, Amina is just crazy. And then what happened was I'm like, ah, what if we did a flashback? Because we were just like, she's so cool. How do we not have her in the movie? Yeah. And I messaged her and said, hey, do you want to be in a flashback as the trainer? And she said, she was, she said, absolutely. Yeah. And she picked her name. She named her character after her sister, which is really cool. That is cool. So sometimes you can let people pick their na- character names and things mm. like that. So. Well, I mean, it seems like you're you're a director that uh, is open to suggestion and such because you hear some not horror stories, but you hear sub to where, nope, this is the script. This is what I wrote. This is what you're going to do. But you it seems to be a more collaborative feel on your set. Is that what you try to go for? It it kind of feels that way. Definitely, because I I did a like a I I did a lot of I did tons of extra work and acting when I was younger and I was on like 90210 and Boy Boy Meets World and Showgirls and all these all these movies and stuff but then I did a I started to do acting and commercials and I did a short film for a friend Mm -hmm. and I thought of an idea I thought would be funny I pitched it to him and he let me do it and it got a huge laugh when we did it in the theater Mm -hmm. and it was so exhilarating I was like wow I'll if I ever direct something or make a movie if someone has an idea and it sounds good, I'll let them do it because they'll be more invested in it. Sure. And everybody will think I came up with it anyway. <laughs> so I always tell people that I'm like, they're going to think I came up with that, you know, but, but I do yeah, mention that. Yeah. So there's so many ideas in this movie sure. that are, that came from other people, so many lines and, you know, some, sometimes, yeah, lots of, imp- you know, a decent amount of improv. Sure. People follow the, sh- tr- the, like for the most part, but there's a lot of jokes and a lot of cool things in there. That's yeah. Now, did you kind of work out the rules a bit of the world? Because sometimes in world building, especially fantasy, it doesn't seem like there's rules. And here you actually have that. It, it was like, it felt like a thought out world, which again, I appreciate because I like that helps immerse you in it. And it, it helps some limits and people understand what you're doing with the magic rather than just, Oh look! Now we're doing a Powerball. Oh, now we're just <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought that, and it, that was a lot of that was just in the script. Sure. And you know, through revisions, and then, um, I mean, I sent the script to other people, like my friend Randy Van Dyke, who's a director, has directed three features. Mm-hmm. He was like executive producer, and he did all the effects, and he was the camera operator, and he just did so many things, and he has so many great ideas, and. Um, so much of this movie is him, you know, just that influence. And yeah, we just built the world and we'd come up with certain things. And then people came up with character traits and, you know, c- certain people were cosplayers. They had almost the entire costume was their own costume. <laughs> Sometimes we just found helmets and cool things on Etsy. Sure. Sometimes we made them. Yeah. Just all over the place. So, well, yeah. Well, and I love those type of movies. So. It, it seems organized, but yeah, with a post-apocalyptic film, though, you have more freedom to just anybody grabbed anything to make something out of, you know, a nothing, a, a football helmet or oh, totally, a yeah. staff. Or... Yeah, mo- motorcycle goggles and 
wooden staffs from Home Depot that my mom painted, you know, and <laughs> weapons. Awesome. Yeah, all sorts of weapons. And, that that's yeah. that's wonderful. And now, uh, you what I what I what caught me with this is, uh, it's. <laughs> And, and not offensive at all. It just surprised me how actually family friendly your film was to do Hellfire. I know because you kind of probably have a you know a young lead, but still, yeah. I, I I I appreciated that. But it was still fun. Was that what you were kind of going for with it? Kind of, and basically, probably just because there are kids in it, it is sure. family friendly. I mean, it's still like legally rated R kind of because of the language. <laughs> right. Yeah. I always forget how much language there is in it, but it's still pretty tame though. You know, as far as, I mean, I do wish it was bloodier, but we just didn't have time to do a lot of things sure. in the sequel. The sequel will be much bloodier probably <laughs> and much just bigger and crazier. But yeah, we just, it, it just kind of, one of the notes I got was like, it put more heart into it mm -hmm. and it just kind of, it kind of evolved into that to be a little more heartwarming a little more fun but it still had the the bloodsucker jones edge to it and yeah. still had some some colorful language and the it, we always had the kids cursing and the you know with their you know there's nothing funnier than a nine-year-old no. saying numb nuts calling someone numb nuts or something or dipshit i mean it's just there's to, nothing makes me happier than to see that I don't know who who made me laugh more when they were delivering their swear words, Aria or uh, Chloe, who plays Becky. The best Becky was like another level. Yeah, she's incredible, right? <laughs> and she was she just happened to be our second choice for to play Ruby. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Aria was just a little bit older, sure. and she she kind of looked like she fit with the uh, the guy we already cast for the dad and stuff. And but we loved uh, Chloe so much, and we're like, we have to put her in this somewhere, you know, as as this as the second. Her part grew too, mm -hmm. and yeah, I don't know who's better at delivering <laughs> cuss words, but they're so they're so great at it. And at one point, like they were just coming up to me, like Chloe just come up to me and pitch me cuss words, and she would just combine two cuss words together. And I'm like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. We can't do that. But she would say like, it, but it was, there was a great moment on set where we're, I, I go, oh, can you call this guy a jerkwad? And she goes, I don't know. Let me ask my mom. <laughs> Let me ask my mom. And she gets up off the set and you just hear her little feet like tapping, running to her mom. Yeah. And you just hear, you don't see her mom. All she hears, hey mom, can I say, can I say jerk, can I say jerkwad? And you just hear her mom, Nicole, who's super awesome. She, she goes, well, you said everything else in this movie. It's, just don't say any f bombs. And she goes, "Okay, thanks." And she ran back to set and delivered jerkwad so perfectly. I, I think that's what is part of the appeal—the sheer joy that the your young actresses are having swearing. You you can tell they they they're dripping. These lines when they swear are just dripping. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you've got adults who swear, and you got Tarantino, but the way they're saying it, it's yeah. just like another level of edge. Oh, totally. And you could tell they love doing it. And I tried to give them really creative ones, all the silliest sure. ones, you know. So yeah, oh my God, they're they're the best. They're both <laughs> so incredible. And they had such a good time on set. And they yeah. made the set even better. There's something they say don't work with animals and kids. It's just too difficult. But I love working with kids because they're so much fun and they come up with cool stuff. And yeah, it's great. 
and and yeah, I was just I was going to ask you that because that's what you usually hear. Don't work with animals and kids. And it's like uh, it sounds like, you know, and I think sometimes that maybe spawned from how directors or whatever perceive the kids. Yeah. Because it sounds, you know, you're you're looking at the kids as the talent for your movie, and it, rather than just, well, you're a kid, so you can't really have input on the right, <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, we kind of what we're really careful in doing is when we cast people, we're so scared when we cast people. We're like, we're basically casting friends. That's what we think <laughs> of. We think, hey, is that gonna is that guy gonna be my friend? I want to be friends mm-hmm. with everyone we cast. And I don't want it to be a business relationship. I want it to be friends right. and I want to know them forever, hopefully. And with kids, we try to cast almost their parents too, not necessarily mm-hmm. in the movie, but to know if their parents are cool, Right. we got a cool kid. But the best thing, and I recommend to people, if you're casting a child part, even if it's in, in the script, put some cussing in there because if the parent doesn't blink with the cussing and they deliver the cussing, you know you have a cool parent and you have a cool kid and they're going to be so easygoing and it, it it's just a great way to, to find the right people but and then again like they so many people had no hesitation with letting their kids cuss the auditions were so great just seeing one eight nine year old after another cussing like it was so cool and the audience loves it when kids cuss let's face it kids, oh, t- kids totally. cussing is just is just always great especially if they're done well which they are here. Now, speaking of friends, I feel like he's a cinematic friend. You worked Bloodsucker Jones into this. Was was he yeah. always planned to be with his, was it a, a Badass Burgers? or? A, a... No, he wasn't, which is weird. I, I knew I wanted to put him in there somewhere. And then sure. we, we had, I can't remember the name, but we had a burger place name. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was. And then I'm like, oh, it'll, it'll just be this name. That's a cool name. And then I looked it up online and there was a franchise. Oh. Like, oh, shit. And then I thought of another one and it was it was another burger place. I'm like, and I would get, and I just kept looking. I'm like, damn it. And then I just I looked over and I had the poster right in front of mm. my desk. And I went, what am I thinking of? And it, instantly I'm like, suck his badass burgers. He'll be the manager. His sidekick will be the hostess. The hostess. And that and that's it. And we'll just we'll make a logo and case closed. <laughs> and just I just emailed uh, my friend Andy Cobble, who played uh, he played Harley. He played uh, one of the workers inside the restaurant sure. and he does a lot of our graphics. I said, I need a logo. I need a burger logo. Suck as bad as burgers. And he was like on it. <laughs> so, yeah, like a week later, I had, we had the logo and everything. Now we have T-shirts and all that stuff. So, uh, Well, yeah, because I mean, I'd eat at suck as bad as burgers. Oh, I, I would, too. <laughs> There's a slight chance we might, one day we would make a movie that's just about the restaurant itself. <laughs> It'd be, I'm picturing a, a, a clerks type thing, only it's with, oh, totally. with blood like, like clerks meets waiting, like that yeah. Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> totally, yeah. Because we found this super cool restaurant and it was so fun to, but it was, it was funniest thing was a seafood restaurant. <laughs> so it's got like a, it's got like all these ropes, sure. like there's a boat, it looks like there's a boat in there and all these stained, stained glass boats and stuff. So that's why we, we added the line that it used to be a Kurt, Kurt Russell's fish and chips. So, <laughs> so, it, so it made sense. Sorry. I just <laughs> loved that, that it was Kurt Russell's fish and chips, just because it sounds like something that would exist. It does. <laughs> and we're like, a, like, a, uh, we'll make it a seafood place. Mike, who would be the funniest person to own a seafood place? I'm like, 
Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell. man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, where did Bloodsucker Jones come from? Because I, I, I've adored this character quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we've got him in three movies now. And yeah. it, where did this spawn from? So I, I wanted to make movies for a long time. And back in the, when I was still doing extra work and stuff, and I was kind of somewhat done doing that. And I was doing some commercials and I had my daughter full time. So I thought, oh, I'll write a movie. I'll write a feature. So I wrote a feature called The Unfortunate Cookie that we we shot half of. And a lot of the jokes in Bloodsucker Jones, we I stole from that script, so it still lives on, kind of. Sure. And um, we cast Preston. Preston, me and him did like some a lot of commercials together and stuff. And he was a friend of a friend. And I met him, and I just anybody who meets Preston falls in love with him sure. in one second. He's he so he's literally the guy who'll give the shirt off his back. And how do I know this? One time when we were filming Bloodsucker Jones too. We have this kid named Scott, this goth kid who goes on this 15-minute side adventure to get a t-shirt. Yeah. And we're telling the actor, yeah, we're going to go up to meet, oh, meet Preston. He's Bloodsucker Jones. He found this little desert area. I said, he's the nicest guy. He'll give you the shirt off his back. So we're shooting, and I tore my shirt. I fall down some, I found yeah. fall down the dirt, and I tore my shirt. It was all bloody and stuff. And I go, oh, my, my shirt's all bloody. I look over, and he... I had already taken his shirt off and hand, handed it to me. This was like just two hours after I told the guy he would sure. give you the shirt off his back. So I'm like, yeah. So so like he he played like my best friend in this movie that we never finished. I hope to make something with it. I hope to like maybe use some footage in flashbacks or something. Sure, sure. So it was pretty fun. Like in the movie, there was a flashback with him and he had, had like these dreadlock wigs, wig and stuff. And I don't know, I was just acting across from him one day and it just popped in my head oh man, I want to write a movie where this guy's like a vampire hunter with this really cool, he's got this really cool deep voice and I just, I'm going to do that. And like I told him that and he's like, yeah, like, well, Eddie Murphy and Vampire in Brooklyn, I'll have a long hair. I'm like, no, asshole, you're going to have an afro. Come on. Like, that movie sucks. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, like I said, no, you're going to have an afro. You're going to be like Shaft or something. And he goes, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. So then I um, I wrote Bloodsucker Jones in like 2000. Mm-hmm. And then I put it in a drawer until my daughter was old enough to kind of take care of herself. And in 2008, I, and I was saving money too. Sure. So in 2008, I brought it out of the, uh, dusted it <laughs> off and finished it. And then we yeah, I bought a pair of white patent leather shoes as motivation. I'm like, oh shit, we bought the shoes. So there's no turning back now. <laughs> we got so the shoes. That was the whole genesis of it. So yeah, nice. I just thought that'd be a fun thing to make. So hey. And fun it was, and uh, I'm glad it, you know, it it gained a following. You got a sequel, and now we have we have Xanadu Hellfire here. Uh, so, how long did it take you to shoot Xanadu Hellfire? Uh, Fourteen and a half days. Wow, yeah, that's a that's shocking. A, that's a tight schedule for what all was involved. That is very impressive. Yeah, the the opening scene took one day, so we mm-hmm. we shot that. It was the very first thing we shot. We went out to that desert location for one day to so we had footage for our Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. So our Indiegogo was all shot in that day, like a sizzle reel, and then a lot of it's in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. So we shot that, and then we shot the newscaster stuff on a half day, and then and then we shot for like twelve days in a row, mm-hmm. not or twelve days within like two weeks. We had twelve sure. days, and we had to wipe one or two days off in January of twenty twenty two. And then we came back and did two pickup days 
one at the water park and then one at a couple other locations. Because what happened was uh, um, Ariana, who played Raven, this was right in the middle of COVID. Sure, yeah. Um, she got COVID like mm. three days before we started shooting. Oh, man. So it, we had to change the entire script. So every day sure. we had to talk to her mm -hmm. and find out, are you negative yet? And when she wasn't negative, I had to rewrite the script a little more for what we were shooting. So that's why in the movie, the goons come through the portal before her because mm. we shot that stuff later and got to add it to sure. the explanation later so that's why she's by herself because they were all supposed to come so a lot of raven's lines went to the goons because and then we just we just kind of followed the goons path with her looking for the looking for everybody going to the same few locations and fit her in that way so so yeah, so I had to do an extra day of pickups to fit her back in the movie and other places because she she tested negative and then she was able to shoot the last the, like the last three or four days. Well, that uh, at least you're able to get to shoot with her still because yeah, you know, and it worked out and it made the movie better because it's mm -hmm. funnier with the goons coming through and it's it's cooler with her by herself, causing havoc coming through because <laughs> she's just so angry. That character is just so mad. I loved yeah. the goons too. The goons were great. Yeah. Uh, They're incredible. That people, everyone comments on how cool the goons are, and they were just, they were just so. Yeah, the other goon, yeah. you know, so Libby, Libby mm -hmm. Walmeyer, who plays Sonia. They're just, she's a comedian and improver, and she's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, and them, them two together, they're like, forget about it. They're just awesome. And yes, folks, if you haven't picked up on the names, you've got you've got Valeria, you've got Sonia, you've got Becky. We have a character in here named Krull. Thank you. I, yes. I, <laughs> you love Krull? I love Krull. I love Krull. I Krull, totally love Krull. I think Krull is just just a, a, a batshit amazing sci-fi that you're just like, this is made during a time when people weren't sure what they were doing but they had some cool ideas so they put it together <laughs> totally i love crawl so much we almost bought a glaive to put in the background of crawl's <laughs> workshop sure. so, but i was just i was so broke at the time like i can't buy a glaive who can afford a glaive <laughs> so maybe ne next time we'll put a glaive in there you in part two yeah <laughs> yeah i love that but i remember seeing it as a kid and you get to the one point where I just didn't understand a thing of what was going on with the monster and the ship and the girl, the whole surreal, like, right. yeah, the monsters, this giant thing in the background. He's huge. <laughs> like on a screen, it almost seems like it's, it's a weird movie, man, but it's, it's cool. The designs of everything are really cool. Oh yeah. All the warriors were super cool. And yeah, I freaking, I love crawl. It, it, that's part of the reason why I enjoy your films because they're kind of an amalgamation of a couple or more different genres. And that's why I like things, you know, growing up with that, those were always my favorite films like crawl, which, which took fantasy and sci-fi and, and yeah. smashed it together. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and Sonia, of course, red Sonia, um, yep, big, exactly. Conan, big Conan fan. Yeah. Um, and we, that's why we chose a redhead to play Sonia. And luckily I she was the that. best one too. So, <laughs> There's so many Easter eggs and things in this. Uh, it's everything means something in it, I think. And every almost every name means something. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a big it's a big love letter to movies in general, yeah. I think. 
it reminded me of the spirit of Turbo Kid, which is another genre movie that's oh, done, totally. done right. You know, yeah. for me, out of that movie, I would I would just watch Apple. The character Apple yes, in that absolutely. movie is just like the first time I watched it, I'm like, how is a character like this in a movie like this? <laughs> I love that character. So this is here's a funny thing. Um um I think her name her name's Lawrence mm-hmm. LaBeouf or something. Yeah, he plays yeah. Apple. She was our first choice to play Xanadu, actually. Oh, was she really? And we tried to get a hold of her, and I think we got a hold of someone, and she was just she she's from Canada and she was shooting multiple things at oh. at the same time, I think. Sure. And so I think we never really got close to her, but that that was the thought because I did I she looks cool and she that I love it. It's my favorite character in Turbo Kid. <laughs> So she, yeah, that that was a thought. Yeah, at one point, not a surprise. She's shooting multiple things because she was just in that role. She's the most. She's like as much as I love that whole movie. She's the most memorable character, and in this one, you know, you've got a lot of fun, memorable characters. I really liked Xanadu, though. I thought uh, she was a well balanced character in here. You know, the villains, uh, Raven. Uh, hellfire was was awesome the the look of it everything i this is I, this is what it's films like this uh that and i'm not just saying it because you're here it yeah, feels yeah, like no. this that i i, really, I, I felt in your review we appreciate your 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 review made everyone so stoked and happy uh-huh. like i really felt it and i sincerely appreciate it like i, I was waiting because i remember you're asking like i can i get a screener like i'll i'm ready to review it i'm ready to review it i'm like <laughs> And you were the guy I was most excited to send it to, but I had to, I wanted to wait till it was totally, totally, totally sure. Totally done. And then, yeah, you didn't disappoint, which was cool. Well, thank you. Cause you didn't disappoint. This is just a fun genre film done right. Cause I've seen it done with smaller budgets and, and just the challenges. And it sounds like you've overcome a lot of challenges. It's sounds like you had a great cast and it, it all comes through on screen uh, for well, this. Uh, and, and yeah. And uh, it's one of the better genre uh, post-apocalyptic indie films I, <laughs> I've seen just because of Thank the you. heart. And I think, too, you don't take yourself too seriously with yeah. the film because I think that's sometimes a, a misstep, too, is like, well, we're going to make a series. No, <laughs> you've, got, you've right. got a comic book character coming to life for a young girl. I'm like... It, and you play it straight. I mean, it, was it was it a, a balance uh, trying to find, you know, to where you don't go maybe too silly, but at the same time, maybe not so serious? Did, did you have to find yeah. a balance? It was a little more Bloodsucker Jones, a little more silly in the beginning, mm-hmm. like the script. But I remember Randy, uh, who Randy Van Dyke, he sent back his his main, main note was that he, he loved it. But he goes, I would uh, I would tone down the silliness of it mm-hmm. and pump up like the heart of it he goes because that's that's what really got him like he thought he thought i think this is really something like the and then when we were watching like some of the stuff got us choked up after we filmed it like and we're like oh wow okay we 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 made the right choice and we toned down a few things and which is cool like some of the things that we toned down and took out mm-hmm. those characters we're, we're gonna put them in bloodsucker jones the final bloodsucker jones <laughs> hopefully if we ever make it so those characters, those things and ideas will live on. Nice. Yeah, but there's a couple crazy things. And I'm glad we toned it down. So it was a balance between the funny and the, uh, you know, because we had a 
we had Brad, the, the, the computer hacker, who's the yes. same exact character <laughs> from Bloodsucker Jones. Yes. And one of my all time favorite characters that we've ever had. And he's just so good and so funny. Don't, don't touch the collectibles. Don't touch. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's, I mean, he's just, he's incredible. Those two scenes with him, or three scenes, just make me laugh just looking at him. They were, they were a lot of fun. Yeah. And the thing is, I know people like that. Right? So, totally. Yeah. So, uh, what's next for you uh you mentioned xanadu hellfire possible sequel i i'm waiting for the third blood sucker joan film i hope you know uh, i don't care how old it is i i can't wait yeah we're gonna make it maybe many years before we make it but sure. we want to we were gonna do two but it just won't be possible to do this. so many right. people live moved away and live in other places so we're gonna have to <laughs> sure. fly them in and figure out how to do it so right. what i'm doing is i'm combining the script for the third and the fourth Mm. which were both partially written into one epic. It will be the most epic movie we ever make. It will be insane. It goes into (laughs) the future, like the post-apocalypse, another planet or something. And it's crazy. Xanadu may even appear in that movie. Hey, it may it may cross worlds. You gotta get across worlds. So we definitely want to make that. um, Mm -hmm. And it'll be called Bloodsucker Jones and the princess of darkness. Mm. And I um, love that title. I love too, that yeah, title. Yeah. So I love John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. And the logo is stolen right from their font, <laughs> right? For sure. 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 And um, yeah. yeah, we're going to. So we have a sequel to Xanadu, which I started writing. It's called Witches of the Wasteland. So it's kind of the reverse. So, like, this movie is like 25% post apocalypse, 75% in the present. Right. The, the second movie will be uh 75% in the post apocalypse so so everybody in the present's going to head out to the to the future nice. and then come across all these other characters and come across a third a third sister and ho- which ho- hopefully and that's written for Tristan and mm-hmm. hopefully she'll be able to do that so she'll play the third hellfire sister call it named Domino Hellfire oh nice yeah yeah nice. And... oh I, that sounds great that and it's a true spirit of like those 80s sequels to where okay we did this fish out of water where we had the future the past now we're gonna yeah. take the the, you know, the past into the future <laughs> yeah totally we're totally it's like uh beastmaster 2 through the yes. portal of time <laughs> as bad as that movie is i still love it it's so fucking ridiculous and but yeah we have a lot of movies we want to make we have what we have this roller skating like it's our like our sundance movie we call it it's, it's kind yeah. of like our just indie comedy about a roller about a mother and daughter who are losing like a roller rink and but right now so i'm headed tomorrow i'm headed to arizona to mad monster party mm. um to promote the movies and sell the blu-rays and t-shirts and i would go right from there and i drive to the xanadu hellfire desert locations where we're shooting an anthology called party of darkness and basically it's all of our friends who are directors so we've we've snowballed and just gathered they've (laughs) gathered us and we've gathered them and it's just rolling down this hill and it's growing and we act in their things and they they act in ours and they do we do camera on theirs and they they're camera people on ours and Mm -hmm. there's so many directors work on our movie too so we went to get them all together and do so they wrote their own shorts and um, we have a wraparound. So we're shooting. So one of the shorts is already already shot and we're shooting two shorts over two days there in the desert at night. So that, that's our next movie is Party of Darkness. And it's 
our bloodiest movie by far. It's, it'll be our most <laughs> offensive movie by far, <laughs> our most R-rated movie. And it's, uh, yeah, it opens with a very throwback 80s VHS type horror movie type thing. Nice. And it's really cool. It's really silly. About five friends who um, get together to watch movies at a cabin, cabin in the woods, man. There and, you go, uh, yeah. Like the satellite goes out and they can't watch movies. So they decide, so they each have to tell stories. So they tell mm. a story and that's where the, that's where the shorts come in. Wow. So it should sounds, be pretty cool. That does sound cool. That's a cool yeah. wraparound. Yeah. I've got shelves of VHS over here. I can, I can relate. I love your room. I like that. It just looks like, is that your house? Yes. This is my like house. A, it just looks like a video store. <laughs> well, like the shit. The shelf is from Family Video, legitimately. So awesome! That's very <laughs> cool. I have I have the same room upstairs next to my yeah. office. I, there's there was this bonus room when I bought this place, and I I turned it into a small version of what you got there. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, I guess my final question is, well, uh, well, second final, but what would you say your favorite sci-fi film is then, or post-apocalyptic? Let's go post-apocalyptic. What? Oh God. Um. The Road Warrior, because mm-hmm. that was, you know, it was I saw it when I was twelve or thirteen, sure. and it was so violent and incredible. It just blew me because I saw it on my birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mom, we're, we're, we're I'm, on my birthday. We're gonna go see the Road Warrior. Like that's it. Case closed. We gotta go see the Road Warrior because my dad <laughs> had taken me to see Mad Max, which was sure. cool, and that's definitely my favorite. But I, yeah. I like almost if if it's post apocalyptic, <laughs> I just I love it. Like, you know, from yeah. Space Hunter to Turbo Kid. Oh, Space I Hunter. Love it so much. <laughs> Space Hunter. Overdog. Overdog. <laughs> yep. How can yep. you beat Overdog? Or the other one I tell people that they never heard of, but they probably should have is Damnation Alley. Uh I haven't I seen that in so long. That, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, when J. Michael Vincent for like five minutes was just the guy in Airwolf. So he was like everywhere. <laughs> totally. Yeah. He was so cool, man. He was in Big Wednesday. Like he was a huge for a short period of time. Yeah. He's one of those flash in the pad type of guys where he was a hot commodity and he was just everywhere that he 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 wasn't. It was yeah, like yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. But Damnation Alley, I, I love it. George Pappard and him in there, and uh, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. And what's your yeah. favorite? Do you have a favorite post-apocalyptic movie? Oh, they're they're tough to pick. Um, I, I Road Warriors near the top, I would say. I did enjoy Fury Road as well. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I mean it's it's incredible. It's a masterpiece. It's just absurdly good. Fury Road yeah. was so much better than I thought it would be, and it turned out to be probably one of my favorite mainstream action films in the last 20 years in all honesty oh, really absolutely me too it's Easily. my it's definitely it's like my top two action movies of the past 20 years but uh yeah you know i i'd say i road warrior is probably one of my favorite post-apocalyptic films because that takes place completely in the post-apocalyptic film i mean there there's terminator and that to deal with post-apocalypse but, yeah but that i would say yeah that uh yeah, Road Warrior is definitely definitely up there. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's funny because Road Warrior takes what they did in Mad Max and and, and kind of expounds on it. And just, so much more, yeah. It just goes into the, and then you get Thunderdome, which you're just like, wait, what? It's yeah, like, totally. And I love Thunderdome too. It, it looks so cool. Oh, visually, and, yeah, yeah. Thunderdome is just, you know, the story, a lot of people may not exactly agree with the story or whatnot, but the visually it was, it was amazing. Totally. Um, yeah. And 
you know, sci-fi and then sword and sorcery for me is always Conan the Barbarian. I just yeah, I, that's I, that's that's my favorite sword and sorcery one for sure. Know, the the soundtrack to it is my Desert Island soundtrack. People ask me and they're like, "Well, is it Star Wars or India?" I'm like, "No, it's Conan the Barbarian, Basil Poldurus." <laughs> like, it's so good. It's so damn good. Yeah. You, you know when when you've got the character who your main character, I think it, there's a 20 minute span where Arnold doesn't say a single line from from when he's on the 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 tree of woe to yeah. when he gets to the battle of the dunes the theatrical cut he doesn't say a word i love that that's so cool <laughs> it's like 20 minutes i timed it once i'm like holy crap <laughs> so well thank you so much justin this has been a blast uh yeah, it was awesome to talk to you yeah finally getting to talk to you folks check it out uh where could they find xanadu hellfire now if they're a physical media collector or if they're looking for streaming uh, it's on Etsy if you want the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is jam-packed with extras, mm-hmm. so it's got a reversible cover. It's like a Scream Factory edition. It's super cool. And you can get that on Etsy right now. It, and if you want the link, if you just go to Xanadu Hellfire on Instagram, the link will take you right to it. And Or you just search Xanadu Hellfire. We're trying to get it on Amazon, but they're having mm-hmm. issues. We're having issues uploading it there. Um, and But it's also streaming on Tubi which Tubi is so hot now and everyone loves Tubi, loves movies, so it's free on Tubi. So go watch it now. And uh, if anyone can rate it on IMDb, get it, give it 10 stars. That would super help. That'd be awesome. And it's on, uh, it's on Apple TV. So you can, if you want to rent it and if you want to own it and download it, it's on Apple TV Thanks. and it's going to be on, it'll jump up on prime Amazon prime, probably within the next two weeks. Nice. Um, and it's on, nine other places but i and they're and they're like youtube channel type things and sure, they're yeah they're all these yeah. independent there's all these cool independent ones now mm-hmm. so it's it's all over the place um and then same with blood and then blood Jones versus the creeping death that's on tubi and apple tv and 10 other places and those are both blood Jones are available on um at amazon they both have reversible covers chock full of extras and yeah, we re-put out the first one on Blu-ray with new new things. And um, and then right now we're in the middle of trying to put the first Bloodsucker Jones back onto streaming because nice. it's not anywhere yet. So sure. but we it's, it was only shot in 720p, so it's like oh hard to get it QC'd and up sure. there. So but we have all the posters made for it and we have nice. all the captions and everything. So yeah, that's where you can get everything. We got t-shirts too, and awesome. you can always message us. You can always find me on Justin Armeo on Instagram, Bloodsucker Jones, Sanadu Hellfire. So you can find us there. If you want to say hi, if you want to yell at me and say it sucks, whatever you want. <laughs> well, no, it does not suck, sir. It, it's yeah. a lot of fun. And I appreciate it. Also, I appreciate it, folks. You got to check out the Blu-ray because I've been reviewing now physical media for, for a couple of big studios, and they've lost the idea of creative menus and doing fun menus it's they're all the same template you can tell they're all the same template and it's totally and i'm like oh man i remember you know you'd get a dvd and you'd have to figure out sometimes how do i get to the one feature yeah and there there would be easter eggs and cool things and yeah oh yeah but you know i love the the menu and and all the features on the Xanadu Hellfire Blu-ray it's it's amazing you have all that 
And so check it out, folks. And thank you, Justin. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we'll have you back when uh, that Xanadu Hellfire 2 fight, uh, the Witches of the Wasteland comes. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for your support. You've been a good friend. You're awesome. Hey, I love your reviews and you're just an awesome guy. And I appreciate it. Glad people like you are still out there.